Welcome to Lawyers Living Well, a production of the State Bar of Georgia's Attorney Wellness Committee and the Lawyers Assistance Program. Lawyers, this is your resource for all things wellness. Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Lawyers Living Well podcast. I am so happy to be back after a long while. Everybody's been talking about burnout. I think I've been burned out. I'm Lynn Garson, Chair of the Lawyers Assistance Program of the State Bar of Georgia. And today I have the great pleasure of interviewing State Bar President Elizabeth Fight. Ms. Fight, we are now roughly 18 months into a pandemic that we never dreamed was gonna be going on like this. And given the ever increasing number of lawyers who are suffering from burnout, I think this is a great time to ask you a few questions about wellness, both in your capacity as bar president, but also on a personal level. So to kick it off, you have said that the focus of your presidency is hashtag know your bar so that members of the bar will better know its value to them. Well, as chair of the Lawyers Assistance Program, I'm well aware that we have struggled for years in getting the message out about our hashtag, which is hashtag use your six. And I'm constantly hearing from lawyers that they've never heard of it, would have taken advantage of the six prepaid sessions with a licensed clinical counselor if they'd only known. How has it gone so far for you in getting our members to know about the bar's offerings in general and the lawyer's assistance program in particular? Well, first, let me say thanks for uh, inviting me here today. I'm, I'm happy to be here. And I can't believe we were 18 months now into a pandemic no one thought we would ever have or see. And, and your concerns about the use your six, I mean, that's a familiar refrain that I've heard over the years in bar leadership. It's, oh, I didn't know this program existed. I didn't know that program existed. And so that's why when I started my year, I had in mind this Know Your Bar campaign, because I'm aware that I'm, I'm in sort of a lot of different spaces all the time. And so I wanted to just get the word out about various programs. And so for me, it's just repetition. We just keep saying it and saying it and saying it in every space and every way. And what I'm trying to do, even though every time I talk about one program, it's under, you know, it's to educate somebody about that one program. I also keep saying the message of there's so much more your bar can do for you. And so at, at this point, I'm sort of at a place of repetition and then uh, utilizing other members of leadership in the bar. So your board of governors, your committee chairs, your section leaders to say, look, here are all the resources that are available. And, and please help me on this journey to spread the word because it very much so is a grassroots effort, I feel like. And so in that respect, I've gotten a lot of the same, I didn't know that program existed or it did exist or what you might hear a lot is, well, I'm glad that exists, but that's not for me for whatever reason people want to say that. And so even when I confront the individual that says this program isn't for me, I say, well, you're a leader in your community and you don't know who in your community might need this. So can you help me spread the word? and get the information out. Because, and especially in this wellness space, and as we work more to normalize taking care of ourselves in this profession, I think sometimes you lead folks there by also saying, okay, so maybe it doesn't apply to you yet, but it could apply to all these people in your community. And so help me get the word out about that. And then maybe in that process too, not only are they helping someone else, but they can have a moment of reflection and go, you know what, this program, is something I could use. And it's only through that that I think we're going to find success. So my hope is ultimately that the campaign, whether or not any 
particular member of the bar remembers the programs that I specifically highlight that they start thinking about the bar as, well, I wonder if they offer that as a resource. Maybe I could poke around or ask, you know, on the website or ask someone that I know that's heavily involved in the bar and maybe they can help direct me. You know, you make me think, for example, the wellness page on the website, the bar's website that Javon Hicks has, I think, almost single-handedly put together is an unbelievable resource. And yet I would have been one of those people totally guilty myself of not knowing, you know, until I got involved with the bar, I had no idea what the resources were. So, and they're enormous, just enormous, especially, you know, from my perspective during the pandemic, the resources, the tools, the newsletter, this podcast, you know, later I'm going to ask you what you do to stay well, you know, to hear everybody's perspective on that. The bar is doing a tremendous amount, and I'm glad that you're getting those programs out there. It's not an easy lift, you know, as we both know. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, and the other thing is, too, we have to remember we've got such a diverse bar And so everyone's got their own singular interest. And so it can be overwhelming because we are such a big organization that speaks to so many different people and tries to reach them in so many different ways in their lives. So I do think, you know, you're right, the the wellness, all of the wellness resources that are available that the bar presents, I think are wonderful um, and detailed. And all we can do is just keep getting them out there and just keep encouraging people to, to just spread the word. And then hopefully one day, you know, we're often in our profession, we're better at helping others than we are ourselves. And so eventually, maybe if we help enough people outside of ourselves, we'll eventually turn that good work back on us. Yeah, totally agree. Well, I have also read that one of your proudest accomplishments is the work you've done on the judicial COVID-19 task force, speaking of the past 18 months. I don't know a lot about it though. So could you please, and others may not either, could you please tell us about that and give us a report on the current status of those efforts. Sure. So the the Judicial COVID-19 Task Force was created by Chief Justice Melton at the time to study, you know, what was going on in our courts. Like everyone else in the world, we didn't know what was going on and and how how we were going to maneuver in this global pandemic that we were seeing. So the task force was created as a way to get a lot of different stakeholders together. So different classes, representatives from different classes of courts, from the state bar, from the plaintiff's bar, the defense bar, the criminal defense bar, the prosecutors, you know, get all these people together, clerk's offices, sheriffs, to say, what's going on in your jurisdiction? What are some common themes? What are some some best practices that we can get out there for people or, you know, and, and what we often said was more importantly, what's not working in your court? You know, that started from, how to even begin to do Zoom court. Because at the time, Zoom was only for the business folks in the world and and a few jurisdictions did court via Zoom. So we were a big round table of just, okay, this is what you need to do with Zoom. We really like this with Zoom. We like this with Teams. We like this with Google Meet. We like these processes for that. The judges got to sit together and say, how do you want to see evidence presented on the screen? Do you have any best practices for how that looks? Because we're also very cognizant that This is not a one-size-fits-all solution. Every jurisdiction is different. Every jurisdiction has got different resources, even, you know, broadband strength or Wi-Fi capabilities, allocations for technology resources. They've got different constituents and how they reach them. And so it was a way, you know, to just get a lot of people together that had a very dedicated interest in just getting our courts running as smoothly as possible during this time. And so I I was so proud of it because really it was just the most hardworking, sincere group of people without an agenda, without a, 
we work together so often and for so long that a lot of the facade you put up in certain professional settings went away. We were all still professional, but we were able to talk openly and honestly, like, I'm so glad that works in your jurisdiction. That's just not going to work in mine. That's just not how our court set up. We don't have that luxury to do X, Y, or Z. And so we created on the, the AOC's website, the Administrative Office of Courts website, we created a repository of information. There's YouTube tutorials on how to use certain pieces of technology. We were sharing that for judges, for instance, and then people in court. There were best practices and guides. You know, we were talking about discovery disputes. We were talking about motions practices, how to do mass calendar calls. Should you do mass calendar calls? And it just became a great centralized repository or location of information that arose from all these people that worked really diligently together for 15 months. And so currently, obviously, courts are have resumed more normal operations, but we still are in a public health crisis. And so currently what we're doing is we don't meet as regularly now, but we work on what are you seeing that are some of the problems, right? Like, especially if you've got a world that's got one foot in hybrid, one foot out of hybrid, where's the overlap? What can we do? And so we're, we're just compiling information like that. We're talking to people. We're getting the word out. We talk about the dissemination of resources and these financial resources that could be available. And then also what we've done most recently is, you know, if there's a lawyer who feels like they are being put in a situation in court that they feel is not safe for them from a public health standpoint, the Chief Justice, uh, Chief Justice Namias, Justice LaGrua, who's the chair of the Judicial COVID-19 Task Force, and I have all volunteered to be the receiver of information. If a lawyer feels like they are in a situation or being asked to be put in a situation that they feel like is unsafe from a public health standpoint, and they have gone to the court or they have, they've done whatever they feel comfortable that they can do professionally to address that and raise those concerns, we've said, look, you can reach out to us because we would like to be able to handle those sorts of concerns informally. They don't need to blow up and erupt. Sometimes what we've learned in this task force over the the past 18 months is the bench doesn't always see it the way the bar sees it and the bar doesn't see it the way the bench sees it and there's good intentions on both sides but they don't realize on either side some unintended consequences so it's been a great place for the lawyers to go you know judge when you do x you think you're accomplishing y but it's really z respectfully so maybe you know you didn't know you were doing that and so in this space too maybe someone thinks you know, oh, if we have court in this fashion, that that's safe and good and everybody's okay with it. And, and not everyone's okay with it. And so I do want to encourage anyone who's listening to this now, like I said, the Chief Justice, Justice LaGrua, I as the State Bar President, also feel free to reach out to the executive leadership in each of the classes of court. This is a conversation that we're having that we want to, we want our lawyers and our judges and our court staff to all feel safe and the litigants while that, you know, while we are trying to emerge from this pandemic. So it's been a wonderful opportunity just to get to a place where when you work together so long with someone, you can really just get to the, the heart of the matter. And that's been fantastic. And I mean, some of these meetings, we met hours, hours each week, in addition to doing our jobs, in addition to doing all of our other obligations. And it was a lot, there was a lot of dedication and a lot of hard work that was put into that. And it was just, it exemplified so much what I think professionalism means and for us and for the state bar. You know, I have two comments on that. One is it sounds like an extraordinary group that's been formed and now has been sort of 
together for a while in the crucible and hopefully maybe they could stick together because I think once you build those relationships, you, there's no going back. You built it and you've built the trust and that's pretty rare, especially such a large, very powerful group of people. So that sounded wonderful to me. I also was going to comment that you led me straight into the next question about wellness because what you described doing your work, doing that work, and doing whatever other obligations you had. I can't imagine. But everybody did things like that and has been and is still. And I started this talking about burnout because that really is the term of the moment. And I like it as a matter of fact, because I think nobody cares if you're stressed. As a lawyer, you're supposed to be stressed. You know, I mean, we invite people to call LAP, obviously, if they are and to get help that's available 24 seven. But truthfully, in the world, stress doesn't raise it high enough. And depression, mental health, substance use sometimes raises it too high. But burnout, everybody understands and can relate to. So, you know, it's an odd way of what's going on right now, of sort of giving us a, a leg up in the moment with this conversation. So I do want to ask you what you did in the midst of all of that and all the ups and downs of the pandemic in the last 18 months to take care of yourself from a mental, physical, and social point of view. Those are all three focuses of the Lawyers Living Well webpage on the website of the State Bar, which is why I ask you to focus on those, but what you yourself have done and what you would advise others to do. Well, for me personally, I had already been on sort of a physical health journey where I'd recommitted to working out and taking care of myself and eating right, because I knew in preparation for even my state bar leadership and all the other commitments I had, I knew I had to fuel myself. So I was fortunate that I already had a good run of that under my belt before the pandemic started. So when the pandemic did start, though, I was like, this is it. I've committed to doing this and I've got to keep doing it. So I worked out. Um, working out is very important to me. I it, People have teased me all year because I talk about it a lot. I do something called Pure Bar. It is just a fitness class that I like. And so when I talk about it, it's not to say that's what you should do. It's to say that's the name of the thing I do and it, we can all do different things. And so I committed to that. And even when my studio closed because of the pandemic, when everything was ordered closed, I was faithful to my workouts at home and I made the time to do it because that was preserving my physical body, but it was preserving me mentally. I needed the time to get away, to focus on the workout, to not focus on everything else, to not worry about when things were going to open up again. And so I'm very committed to that. I'm very committed to my own mental health. I see my own personal therapist. I have for years. I'm very proud that I see her and happy to talk about that with anybody. I know that's hard for some people to, to say and admit she has been such a godsend for me. And I'm thankful that I had that again before the pandemic, but goodness knows during the pandemic, I would have gone out and found somebody if I hadn't. And then from a social perspective, I did what everyone else did in the beginning when we were all, all really nervous. You know, we FaceTimed and we Zoomed and then that got tiresome because everyone's tired of this virtual world. So then it was, what do you feel safe doing? You know, I've got some friends that only feel safe going on walks outside on sunny days, six feet apart. And that's what we do because I, I value their relationship and I want to meet them where they are. I've got some friends that are okay going to a restaurant together and 
we go to a restaurant together. So I think for me, the important thing during the pandemic from the social perspective was meeting my friends and family where they were with their safety level. Um, I wasn't trying to force anyone to do any particular activity. I knew we were never going to go back to during certain times a restaurant and have a big giant meal together like that was what my friend group did. And so if it's meeting them with their kids on the playground, that's what we did is meeting someone on the playground, something I would always want to do, not necessarily, but I wanted to see my friends and that's how we made it work. So I, I did take the time to, to figure out individual ways to, to be with my friends and, and family in a way that we could all just get the benefit of what we wanted, which was to just be around each other. It didn't matter what we were doing. We just wanted to have that level of engagement. But I will say I did prioritize my working out. I wouldn't let it slack off because I, even on days I was tired, I knew I got so much out of it. And I talk a lot to law students during their orientations about all sorts of professionalism things. And a common thing is like, how do you study or how do you take care of yourself? And I think it applies here. You need to do what's best for you. And so, you know, some people are like, well, I don't want to exercise like that. That's not fun for me. I knit. Well, then go knit. Take time to knit. Take time to do the thing. You, if it's reading a book, if it's coloring, adult coloring books, if it's rearranging your pantry, whatever it is that can give you some measure of just you time. That's what I just strongly encourage everyone to do. Because like I said, with law students, you know, they see someone else doing this. Well, this guy works out and runs, you know, ultra marathons. Well, mate, if that's not your thing, that's not your thing. Don't make it your thing. Find your, the thing that can center you and bring you joy. And if it's long walks, if it's short walks, whatever it is. And so that's, that's what I hope people give themselves license to do is, is go and explore and find the ways, you know, if it's self-help books, let it be that. If it's a good podcast, if it's the Calm app, whatever it might be, find your thing and, and just stick with it, no matter what your other peers might do or say, oh, well, you should see a therapist. If seeing a therapist isn't for you yet, it might be later, but there are plenty of other resources that you can take care of yourself from that perspective and not do exactly what someone else has told you to do. You know, I love that. And I want to say conversely and see if you agree with this. If you've committed to something and you find that you are not doing it, that you are slacking off, I'll notice that about myself. And that is a sure warning sign that, you know, something's going on and pay attention or I can start to unravel and, and you know, rather than doing the things that I need to do to take care of myself. Exactly. Um, and I think, though, another extension of that is, though, if you find, let's say workouts are an easy example for me. I used to do boot camp. Okay. I don't want to do boot camp anymore. I'm not mad at it, but it's not for me. And so when I started to slack off of it, I was like, I clearly care about physical fitness. I need to do something related to physical fitness. I clearly need to find something new because I've either lost interest in this or interest in something else. So I think you're right. There's something that's being communicated to you internally when you lose interest into something, when you said that you're going to commit to doing it. And so if it's not fitting your lifestyle anymore, you got to find something else, go find it. You know, there's no harm in doing that either. Yeah, no, exactly. I also want to say, I know that there are people who are so pressed for time right now that they'll listen to somebody say, well, I go work out and they'll go great. Well, you know, I don't have the time to do, go do that. But I've talked to a lot of people who say, well, then break it down. 
every hour, you know, you mentioned the Calm app. I love the Calm app. Every hour, it'll tell you, stand up, take three deep breaths or, or breathe for three minutes. You know, it's not a lot, but anything to interrupt that adrenaline, you know, that's just coursing through our bodies. Um, you know, there's so many, like you said, there's so many different ways to do it. It's not one size fits all. I really appreciate that. Well, one thing is, and you mentioned, you know, counseling is for some people, not for others necessarily, but we do know that the state bar offers the LAP user six, which is prepaid counseling sessions. And it also offers the peer program, which I think is a great thing for people who don't, for whatever reason, want to check in with a counselor. It's a peer. In Georgia, we've got the only online matching system for that. You know, it's not a a physical person matching somebody by hand. Ours is online and you can put in different parameters and come back with somebody who hopefully has had your experiences to talk with. The wellness website, like I said, is phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. So that's pretty much the world of what we've got. I'd love to hear what you think about that. If you have thought of anything to improve, change, add, just what your thoughts are about, about what we do offer. Well, and, and in thinking about that, I, I really just think it's not necessarily that any of those particular programs needed to be improved. It's just we need to keep doing what you're doing is all talk about it more. Right. And and, you know, goodness knows, I know that you have been a champion of these things, but it's I am very clear. It is not just on your shoulders to talk about. It's on all of our shoulders to talk about. And in a way, I think you, you highlighted this in a different aspect the past year and a half has given us more license to talk about these things, you know, and, and I've attended numerous online CLEs this year where we've talked about use your six, people are putting that in there and discussing it, just, you know, you need help, you need to stay connected. One of my themes this, in my president-elect year when I would speak on things is just stay connected, whatever that might mean and however that might mean. And again, for me, it's baby steps into, I want people to use their six or find their own counselor for beyond that, but it's the baby steps into talking about it. So nothing to improve or add, just that I I in leadership and those who follow me are big proponents of, we just got to keep talking about this stuff and we got to keep doing it. And I've heard conversations where those in bar leadership who are following me have said in group settings too, among other bar leaders, you know, I've used my six this year. That's a great moment of vulnerability and strength, right? Um, not a lot of us want to talk about our personal business publicly, but we also realize with this platform that we have, we need to be able to talk and share about these things to destigmatize people's commitment or need to commit to mental health. And so in that regard, I just think we, it's really just that we keep the conversation going. And I know that, again, I mentioned the law students I talked to and younger lawyers when I talk to them, I talk about this program and they might not have it, you know, as a law student member of the bar, but they've got They've got those resources at their schools. And so my mission is to talk about it so that the lawyers that we have coming up don't need it to be destigmatized, right? They're, they, they, they'll know and they'll be able to embrace it better. And so that's where a lot of my focus has been in the past two years to just say, well, when you join us, just know you get these six and you can use them. And we want you know you to be truthful and honest and good and healthy, because if you're not good for you, you're not good for your client. I just say, keep up the good work and, and just know that there are a lot of us that are trying to talk about it too, so that you're not the only one that has to talk about it. I appreciate that my shoulders feel lighter <laughs> from hearing you. But I do also want to say, 
I can't say how important it is for someone like yourself to talk openly and clearly without feeling that you're pulling something out from under the rug, you know, to talk about mental health and therapy and, and to normalize this conversation. Like you said, where it's just, you said it like it was nothing. Oh, I see a therapist, it's fabulous. It's been great for me. I say that the fact that you're saying other leaders in the bar saying that, that the leadership is doing that, it sends such an important message. So I really do appreciate that. I appreciate everything you have said today. And if you have any final thoughts, please do share them. Well, first, again, just thank you for all the hard work that you've done. And I know that you have been singing the song for a long time. And I do hope that we can all help lighten the load and share equally. I, I believe strongly all of us in leadership are ambassadors for this bar and for our profession. And it's it's incumbent upon all of us to work to making our profession better. And this is one aspect that needs to be. And then for those that are listening to this podcast, please do just commit to finding the one thing that can bring you that measure of comfort or joy or peace or whatever you're looking for and just embrace it. And if it's five minutes a day, it will blossom into 30 minutes a day or whatever amount of time you've got later. But it's, you know, part of my ability to work out more, you were talking about time commitment was when I made the transition to start my own practice, I lost my commute. So this was when it was fun to work from home, not when we were mandated to work from home. And so I said, well, I've lost my commute that I used to have my hour and change commute. So I've got no excuse now, right? Like I didn't lose that time to work more. I lost that time and could work out. You know, I just, I encourage everyone start small. It doesn't have to be that you've recommit to go to therapy three times a week and work out five times a week. And you're going to, you know, only eat plant-based foods and you're going to do that tomorrow. It's really start small, find your thing, give yourself some grace and just keep at it and, and talk about it. And I think that will help encourage you to continue on the path that's the best for you. You know, when you said I didn't lose that commute to work more, I hope everybody heard that because a lot is going on right now like that, where people are talking about no boundaries between work and home and whatever they lost, they're just filling it with work and getting more and more burned out. So I really, really love that you said that. I love everything that you said, as you can tell. And I thank you so, so much for doing this. I hope you and your family continue to stay safe and well. We're, as you pointed out, not quite sure where we are in this, but somewhere still in it. And I wish the same to all of our listeners. I hope you'll join us again for another episode of Lawyers Living Well. If it's as good as this one, I think you're going to want to join. Thank you. Hi, I'm Lynn Garson, Chair of the Lawyer Assistance Program. Thank you for listening to this episode of Lawyers Living Well. If you need immediate confidential help, call the LAP hotline at 1-800-327-9631. That's 1-800-327-9631. You can also visit lawyerslivingwell.org for more wellness resources through the State Bar of Georgia. That's lawyerslivingwell.org. We hope you can join us next time.